To all who come to this happy place, welcome. Welcome, foolish mortals. Welcome aboard the Jungle Cruise. I'll be your skipper and guide down the rivers of adventure. Now then, hang on to them hats and glasses, because this here's the wildest ride in the wilderness. Oh, hello there. So glad you could come along. I am the Green Finder. Are you? Lightspeed to Endor! Oh, now there are adults without children that go to Disney, and they're called weirdos. Now, as they say, look alive, and we'll continue our little tour. Now, I know what you're thinking. I tuned into the wrong podcast. Am I? Yeah, like, what's happening? Why are the safety bars coming down on their own? And I don't need to pull the safety bar down by myself. But you're not in the wrong place. It's not you didn't you didn't accidentally click on the wrong podcast. This is a special episode of Talk Nerdy to Me, and it's a lot uh, very special. It's not. It's not There's a difference. Yeah. Oh yeah. Very special is. Uh, uh, yeah. Totally different. Um, you can tell. You can tell that it's still Talk Nerdy to Me though, because uh, there's still. And I, we've been getting questions about this. Uh, to our official email address, iheartstamos at gmail.com. When, uh, when I do the intro and I say, you can tell by the smell, it's an all-new episode of Talk Nerdy to me. People say, what do you mean by that? Like, what do you guys mean by you can tell by the smell? Uh, I can actually have, we have somebody who will tell you what an all-new episode of Talk Nerdy to me smells like, and it smells like this. It smells like a bunch of farts got in a fight. That's what it is. It's... <laughs> All new episode of Talk Nerdy to Me that smells like a bunch of farts that got in a fight. Uh, so if you wonder what the Talk Nerdy to Me worldwide headquarters smells like, it smells like a bunch of farts got in a fight. <sighs> also, the, what makes this episode special, we're going in our Wayback Machine. Yeah. We're not, we're not just going back to 2017. 2016. No, no, we're going back because You're this back. episode there's no Julian. Julian is still missing. We don't know where he is. Koran, not here. Probably washing his hair. Hopefully, but... Takes a couple hours. Um, which means it's a throwback. It's Obi-John and Captain Chris bringing you Talk Nerdy to me. This. Isn't that crazy? It's fun. It's it's uh, sort of like so. I love Mystery Science Theater three thousand, mm-hmm. but uh, that show changed casts not a lot, but you know, fairly regularly. Yeah, especially after like season five. <laughs> so there's always like uh, you know, if I'm like, hey, I want to listen to an episode, or I want to watch an episode of MSU three K. Like, there's kind of a sweet spot for me where it's like all my favorite cast are there. Mm-hmm. It's like. Um, um, a Mike episode because I'm a Mike guy, not a Joel guy. <laughs> yeah. I have anything against Joel. Uh, I'm a Mike guy, but I like you know original Crow. And um, uh, once Trace Bull you left as Doctor Forrester and, and Crow, things get a little different. Like so, there's only like, you know like like a season and a half ish somewhere. If I'm doing like we're all my favorite cast, we're on the show at the same time. Yeah, well, so it's always a, a treat to go back to. So that's, that's what I'm looking at this episode as. It's, yeah. it's not that it, it, not that everyone else on the show is bad or brings it down, yeah. but 
it changes it. It changes the dynamic of the show yeah. a little bit. So this is uh, like old school. Uh, I want to say peak talking her to me, but like yeah. you know, throwback. Yeah, this is this is when we were figuring out who we were, and we were kind of getting our voice and figuring out what we wanted the show to be, and. I'm super excited because you and I have talked about this for like forever, for a really long, long time. time, for like a year and a half. We've been talking about at least because you and I like, okay, here's the story is two years ago, not last September, the September before that was the first time I had ever been to Disney world ever. And going in, I was like, I, in my mind, I was like, man, you know, I, I like amusement parks. I like theme parks. I like roller coasters and stuff. So I know I'm going to have fun, but I'm not like really, really big into Disney. Like I'm not like a Disney super fan. So I'm probably yeah. not. Weirdos, remember from our intro, yeah. we're called weirdos. Right, like weirdos, like adults without children that go to, uh, that go to Disney. And uh, so... I was like, I know I'm going to have fun. It's probably not going to be like, you know, everybody has all this hype about Disney and I'm probably not going to be like that hyped, but I'm going to have fun. And I like within 20 minutes of walking in the front gate, I was just like, I never want to leave. This is the best place ever. And I became a Disney fanatic, like at that point. And... Uh, for the first time it was like a, it was a five day trip with a three day park hopper pass. And I was immediately like, it's not enough. Uh, it's definitely it's not never enough. enough. Just like this stuff. Enough right. is never <laughs> enough. It's never enough. With uh, stuff. <laughs> <laughs> my personal experience drastically different from that. My, uh, my father, good old Dale Peacock. Oh, I love Dale Peacock. Uh, shout out to someone who probably won't ever hear this. That's okay. Uh, we already <laughs> talked about Coron, so let's make it two. <laughs> Until I, until I come over and set up the tip jar donation for him, which, <laughs> do. which by yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to that at the halfway point of the tip jar. Uh, now, remind me to tell you, but when we get to that, remind me to tell you the, the Dale Peacock story about that. All right. Uh, anyway, he and my mom on their honeymoon back in '79 went to Disney World. Oh wow! And apparently, he got the bug bad. Mm. Um, from the time I was three to age eighteen. We went to Disney World, specifically Orlando Disney World. Like, we didn't even change up which Disney park we went to. It was Disney World. Yeah. Uh, in Orlando. Uh, I think a total of 22 times. Good God. Was the only kid you'd ever meet in, like, elementary school who was not, like, super ecstatic about going to Disney World. I was like, yeah, we're going to Disney again. <laughs> Bored of going to Disney. Uh that being said, it was amazing. Uh, my family moved around, mm-hmm. not a lot, but a, a good deal. Um, I've lived in five states in my life, uh, mm-hmm. all of them, but from age uh, birth to 16. Uh, but Disney trips <laughs> were like a guaranteed thing. Like, no matter where we lived, if it's summer and we're going on vacation, we're probably going to Disney. We'll see. Uh, and. The problem is okay. your family moved so often, but your sister kept finding where you guys moved to. So you guys had to move. No, right? We kept leaving her. <laughs> I mean, it worked for a while. She had a past resemblance to the Olsen twins. So yeah. for a while she made a bank. Yeah. yeah. And then all of a sudden, like they, she would just show up one day and be like, hey, you guys are hide and seek champs. But I found you. And it's like, shit, we got to pack up everything again. Got it, dude. <laughs> 
so no, like I was, I've been a hardcore Disney fanatic for life. Uh, I've done the whole like stages of Disney fandom of like being a kid and it's a magical place on earth and like your teens where it's not as cool to like Disney because it's Disney. Uh, I'm one of like, again, I, I've been through a lot with, with Disney parks and now I am firmly in that group of, um, adults with no kids <laughs> loves going to Disney. Right. Um, yeah, like I, I cannot wait to get there. And go see Galaxy's Edge and whatnot, but uh, I, I we can't at it from two different ends of the spectrum. Yeah, but we both are united in our love for Disney, so we've been talking, like you said, for almost two years now. Yeah, it's been a minute since that trip about doing. It started as like let's do a special about Disney, and right. then it's now turned into what you're hearing now, which yeah. is the first episode of our spinoff show. This is officially, I yep. think, we've done a park hopping with Captain Chris and Obi John. Woo! And I, I appreciate the fact that uh, you came up with the kick-ass name and then gave me top billing. So I appreciate that. <laughs> Did Do not deserve it, but I got it anyway, and I'm going to take it, and I don't care. Um, because, yeah, and you know, you know that at some point there is a special episode of Park Hopping where we have to take a joint trip to Disney. Yes. And, like, that's the, that's the, like, culmination of this whole thing is we go – to Disney at the same time and it's going to be the greatest thing like ever. So that's going to be a thing that happens. But before we get that, that's, that's of course, like, you know, we're not talking about that today uh, because we've, we've come up, we've bounced back and forth a ton of ideas for uh, Disney and theme park related stuff. And this just kind of, you know, we've tried a couple times to kind of get going with it, but this just kind of fell in our lap where, uh, we now have the opportunity and uh, the ability, the time, and all this stuff to to get the uh, the backdoor pilot in for park hopping with Captain Chris and Obi John. Yeah, it's a uh, it's the uh, autopilot backdoor pilot, um, and it started kind of by accident. But uh, you know, because it was just funny that like the first time I went, I kept. Like you were just like, man, just like give me all your thoughts and all the everything. Like you will not be texting me too much. Just like tell me everything. And so like you I got live vicariously through your vacation. Well, and and it was like I was just overwhelmed by everything. So I was sending you like every thought I had in my head, and it was just like the great. Like uh, I was sending you pictures of like the the little hidden Mickey's that I found, and like the uh, the haunted man. mansion ring that's buried in the in the ground that uh that we found like all, just all this stuff that's like oh my gosh and then this and that and then this and that and then this and that and oh my gosh and before long we're sending disney memes to each other um just back and forth about like uh uh you know fast pass and you feel like this and it's like you know someone uh like dressed like royalty walking by a bunch of people and it's like this is what you feel like when you have a fast pass and <laughs> just like just hilarious stuff that uh you know us, us, uh, true Disney fans enjoy. Uh, and so you pitched an idea this week for a, uh, a discussion point. And then uh, a couple things happened and it just kind of fell into place of this is the perfect opportunity to do a pilot episode of park hopping. So here we are. And, 
uh, I mean, we're 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 going to forego talking about um, the news that broke today about Fox and Disney. We're not going to talk about that, even though oh, we got so much to say about that. That's more of a Todd Nerdy. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're not talking about talking that theme parks. And right now, we are specifically talking Disney theme parks. Yeah, so, as you heard by the intro, we're talking Disney parks. And Don't worry, our, our love for theme parks does not end at Disney. We will be hopping no. parks at some point during the show. Thus the name. Yeah. Because uh, not just a name; it's a gimmick. My uh, my idea of um, um, uh, pooping in every park as a as a <laughs> as a title did not work. Um, uh, the goal. Well, we'll call that. We'll call that our backup. <laughs> that that'll be. That's going to be a special episode. Right. Is pooping in the park. Um, pooping in every park is what it's going to be called because we're you gonna... know, in a few years Universal is going to have a whole third park they haven't pooped in yet. So. I know, and I'm going to have to get there. Uh, but before we get there, we got a big thing to talk about. I'm super excited about this idea. Please, please lead us to uh, our first <laughs> discussion point. I was trying to so think of this... another way to to say like like yeah. That. <laughs> all right. Make sure your uh, restraints are in a locked position. Yeah. Keep your the lights inside the vehicle at all times. I'm just so excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> see, like, 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 listen. Like, okay, okay. To give you an idea, to give you an idea about this. Hold on. I'm going to move this microphone a little bit closer because I'm going to do this. If there's feedback, I'm sorry. But, uh, like, you're talking to a guy who I texted you, and I was like, "Hey, man." Uh, if you want to do something when, when, like, when we get ready to do this podcast, like I've got, um, uh, Oh, I didn't mean to frighten you. I have like, uh, I have (laughs) six albums of, uh, like raw audio for haunted mansion stuff. Um, like the loading music, like all this stuff, uh, and let's all stay together. The ghost, like the, oh yeah, here we go. See like the organ. See like. You have no idea how much random Disney, like park background music <laughs> and clip that I now have on my computer, uh, probably along with a couple of viruses. Uh, yeah, just to cut that forty-second uh, <laughs> intro together. Yeah, your computer. Like I wanted, I wanted you know like one line, mm-hmm. but of course you can't just find like an audio clip of that. You got to get like you know that that thing from Haunted Mansion. I had to download the entire like two or three minute intro scene. 200 mansion just to get that sound bite. Yeah, so. see, uh, you should have told me because I would have sent you. Uh, I would have sent you. I, like I have a, it's like a 20 something minute, and it's like the entire, it's like the audio yeah. of the entire ride, and it's like just the audio file that they pipe through the speakers in the back. So it's like the whole ride, and it's just the greatest thing ever. Your eyes and pretend you're back. It's like right now I'm getting all nostalgic again. So what, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to get a flash drive, like a small flash drive, and I'm just going to put it all on there for you, and I'm just going to bring it to you. And that, that way you can just close your eyes and uh, just listen to the whole thing, where it goes through, like, the library and all the ghost writing and all that stuff, and it has, like, the, um, oh, my gosh, all those pops just came out, like those those Haunted Mansion pops. They just showed all those. Oh, it's my a God. It's a good time to be ah, a Haunted ah. Mansion fan, a bad time to be the wallet of a Haunted Mansion. Yeah, and then they just did a magic band of the wallpaper, but it kind of pisses me off because it's inverted. It's not purple with the black pattern. It's black with a purple pattern, so it's it's inverted, which I don't like, but 
like I don't love it anyway, whatever. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. I'm just so excited to get to all this stuff. Okay. So, uh, no, that segues perfectly because um, this was the this was going to be our topic um, for the show regardless uh, this week, and it just so happened to be kind of Disney-oriented. Um, so we're, we're, you know, tossing it here. Uh, yeah. But there, Hollywood loves a trend. Hollywood loves uh, figuring out what audiences want, and then we do that until it's a dead horse, and then we kick it a few more times, and then we move on. Looking at you, 3D. Uh, <laughs> not even like that's like I, I didn't mean like specific like genres or styles of movie like Harry Potter. Yep, leads you directly to like Chronicles of Narnia and the Maze Hunter or Ma- Maze Runner. Yeah, uh, to Hunger Games like that whole young adult uh, novel translated into a movie trend. Like and we we beat that dead and then kicked it a few more times and and then you know, I think we're now finally moving out of that that whole like Harry Potter Twilight Hunger Games uh Percy Jackson thing that was Hollywood for a while Gosh, yeah. any any novel written for like teenagers uh, that had like angsty teens and superpowers of some sort in it. It was like, hey, guess what? You're a movie now. Black you're all going to be terrible. But you're a movie now. Yeah. Gosh, yeah. They're uh, bad. They're bad. Most of them are so bad. There is a trend in Han. I, I hesitate to call it a trend because it's really weird. Um, it started a long time ago, but it's really picked up. Big trend now is. "Quote unquote live action <laughs> remakes of classic Disney cartoons, but even before then, when Disney did live action movies, they had this weird trend for like a hot minute, bring their theme park attractions into films. And while we got some great things out of it, we got Pirates of the Caribbean: Curse of the Black Pearl. Yep." We also got an overwhelmingly amount of shit, uh, that yeah. being every other Pirates movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, the Country Bear movie. I will not forget it. It's I wasted bad. money on that in theaters. That's what uh, Rick Moranis did a voice for that after not doing like anything for a really long time. Yeah, and he went back to being quote-unquote retired again. Yeah. Uh, and don't forget, because if we do, we might repeat it, never forget. The Haunted Mansion film starring Eddie Murphy. Yeah, the life, we covered that in the episode, uh, The Life and Times of Eddie Murphy. If you go back and find that episode that's titled The Life and Times, you can find it in our archive. <sighs> uh, uh, so, again, except for Pirates, which even though they're bad, the first one's great, the rest of them suck, but they still make a crap load of money. This trend never really took off. Um it could have, but it really didn't. So what we're doing today is we're, we're putting on our what-if caps. Mm-hmm. And what if we lived in a world where the, the trend right now uh, was still adapting theme park attractions into motion pictures? Yes. What theme park attractions, what characters from attractions, uh, what would you adapt? What would the movies be like? Um that's that's our first topic today. Yeah, because don't forget, uh, coming up soon, The Rock will be in the Jungle Cruise. Ah, there we go. I knew I was forgetting. Um, yeah, he's he's been posting some pictures of uh, him in his his getup. Uh, so uh, that I, I think that's done shooting, um, and I think they're in post I with so. it. 
I'm pretty sure they're in post Dude, with all, it. All I want is The Rock as my uh, uh, skipper <laughs> for a ride on the Jungle Cruise. That's, yeah. I just want him telling those terrible jokes that I have memorized. Uh, <laughs> that ride is to blame for my dad humor. I'm sorry. Yeah, you know, that's a thing. Um, all uh, You could have just stopped with all I want is The Rock, and I would have been, yeah. like, been like, I agree 100%. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, this is a great, great, great topic, and I was really excited uh, to to start digging in because going going th- there are a lot of pre existing like uh, there are a lot of rides that are based on films. You have like uh, the, yeah. like the 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 Seven Dwarves Mine Train, you know, the Peter Pan flight. You have a lot of the character stuff that's uh, uh, based on movies. Uh, we're not going to talk about Splash Mountain, uh, but there are other things. I, I won't do it. Um, but there are a bunch that that have no connection to films or anything, um, and this provides a great, great stretch for creativity. So this is going to be fun. I'm really pumped. All right. Um... Let me start out with what I think is going to be one we're both waiting to see, but I think yes. we had different pitches for. Yes. You said just a moment ago. Uh, yeah, the, most of the rides, especially nowadays in the post-Michael um, Eisner era, a yeah. lot of your Disney attractions are based on movies that have already you know been successful. Right. Uh, or stuff Disney already owns the right to, even if it wasn't a successful movie. Um, there's that whole like synergy thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really, Eisner loved that kind of stuff. You, know, you make the hit summer movie, and then you make the ride at the park about that movie. But prior to that, um, you did have a lot of stuff that was you know only in the parks. And if you'd never been to the parks, you wouldn't know who these characters are or what was going on with them. When Epcot first opened, uh, <laughs> infamously, uh, because they were trying to... Uh, live up to Walt's dream of what Epcot could be, uh, even though every pavilion is sponsored by a country and every ride was sponsored by some kind of, you know, corporation, like my favorite, the Exxon presents <laughs> the universe of energy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Corporate sponsor, the theme park. Um, for, they did not have the big five Disney characters in Epcot the first few years that Epcot was around. No Mickey, no Minnie, no Donald, Goofy, Pluto, none of them in the parks. The closest thing Epcot had in those years to any kind of mascot or popular character or, I hate to say it, but kid-friendly kind of thing. Yeah, no, that's fair to say. Especially early years Epcot uh, was the Imagination Pavilion, (laughs) Journey to Imagination, starring... The the stars of the first movie I'm going to pitch, Figment and the Dreamfinder. Yes, or Dreamfinder and Figment. Um, my mom has in the back of one of our family albums a progression of photos of me and my siblings for like a decade of us with Figment and the Dreamfinder. <laughs> Before the ride even opened, they had an actor, and I meant to look up his name, and I forgot, but they had an actor dressed up as the Dreamfinder with a hand puppet of Figment, 
before the ride was even open, just walking the park and like interacting with people. And that made like a world of difference for that park. And that was huge, a huge thing of my childhood. Uh, was going to see Figment. Like he wasn't just in the ride, but like we could go out and like I can hang out with Figment, get my picture, my hat. Like that was awesome. <laughs> so these characters have always been near and dear to my heart, and I won't talk about what they did to that ride. Yeah, they bastardized that ride. That's a whole other episode. But yeah, uh, if you never, if you if you were never fortunate enough to go on the original um, uh, Journey to Imagination. Check out, it's on YouTube, you can find it. Mm -hmm. Um, But check out the ride. The basic premise was it was an exploration of imagination. And you did that with a guy called the Dream Finder, who was very um, uh, Jules Verne, steampunky, inventor kind of guy, who had a giant airship that collected thoughts and ideas that people had, stored them up in a giant bag, and when the bag was full, he went to empty them in his, like, I don't know, it was like Skylab thing. Uh, one of those, as he's demonstrating to you how imagination can be made real, is, I'm trying to mess this up, <clears throat> a creature with two tiny wings, eyes big and yellow, horns of a steer, quite a lovable fellow. From head to tail, he's royal purple pigment, and then, Eureka, you've got a figment. Thank you. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, no, again, if you don't know, Figment is the little purple dragon. Yep. You've probably seen him around the Disney parks. You may not know who he is because he's he's never been in a movie. Mm-mm. He's never been in anything outside of the Disney parks, which boggles my mind because, like, again, he was the character at Epcot for a very long time. Uh, they did eventually throw in the big five characters in their crazy hippie silver spacesuits. Look it up. Yeah. Uh, uh. yeah. That's going to be a special episode that we're going to do an episode all about Figment and the evolution of Figment. That has to be an episode. So, (laughs) if you don't know, uh, there was, I believe, two different comic book stories uh, once Disney Disney bought Marvel uh, that focused on the Dreamfinder and Figment. Um, They're fun. They're interesting. They give you kind of like the backstory and history of the Dreamfinder. Uh, and I think they are ripe to be made into a movie. And I think it's a crime. Figment hasn't gotten a movie yet. So my pitch is very simple. Use the storyline from the comics. Uh, the Dreamfinder is a steampunk-ish uh, uh, Jules Verne inventor, turn of the century. Um, he's looked at as a bit of a crackpot because he has crazy ideas. Um, so the scientific community kind of looks down on him. And then one thing leads to another. He ends up meeting Figment, and stumbling into Imagination Land. To be confused with the spot, South Park Imagination Land, they're two, two different places. Yeah, very different places. Uh, two very different places. has a very Wizard of Oz type feel, mm-hmm. um, which is great. Uh, and it is him and his psychic Figment going on a crazy adventure. And, like, an adventure from there, I don't really care, but just, like, there's your framework for a story. Make it happen. I love it. I think you have a similar pitch. Yeah, mine is. <laughs> yeah, um, mine is because uh, I, I agree. Like it is, it is criminal that Figment is not as well known of a Disney character as some of the other All Stars. I feel like Figment had a tremendous amount of pressure 
put on just that character to be the Epcot character. Like Epcot for a, a long time, you're right, like had zero characters. That kind of wasn't what it was designed for and wasn't really what it was designed to be. But, you know, Figment carried that and shouldered that load for a really long time. And I think it's a crime that a lot of people still don't know who Figment is or how important Figment is to Epcot as a park, just as a whole, and Disney as a whole. So uh, in a Who Framed Roger Rabbit style movie where it's part live action part animated like a like the uh original Pete's Dragon sort of like that kind of okay, like like old school 2D animation right right uh where the the uh before the dreamfinder becomes the dreamfinder um he is an understudy for uh or he's like an intern at the uh you, you kind of take some elements from the ride where he's an understudy or a, an intern at the same lab where um the Professor from Flubber, uh, and the Honey I Shrunk the Kids professor, uh, where they both have their roots. Yeah, where they both have their roots, and so he's kind of this like he doesn't quite get it, like he doesn't quite like he's just not left of center enough to be like wacky like the rest of them, and he feels like he's never going to get it. Until he realizes or he's told by, you know, his wife or his girlfriend or whatever, uh, somebody that what he's missing is imagination and that creative thinking. And he does it as soon as he realizes that it clicks and he opens up uh, basically like a like a gateway or a doorway to the world of imagination. And through that doorway comes figment who then helps him continue to unlock his imagination and make him a more well-rounded person and scientist. But also through that doorway comes some bad guy that they then have to overcome, uh, who wants to destroy imagination, like the bad guy of imagination world, uh, who is trying to remove every, all of the imagination uh, and creativity and all of that. So the storyline is basically, uh, the Dreamfinder becoming the and so at the end they overcome the bad guy and he becomes the Dreamfinder. Like that's how he gets um, to become the Dreamfinder. Love everything about that. Pitch. It's, it's kind of my pitch where it's like it's very like Who Framed Roger Rabbit ish, um, and it's also like it it has that Disney kind of like you know the characters missing something and what he finds is literally the key to get what he's missing and together they, they work. Um, and you know, the scientist grows as a person and there we are. So I like that. that I like him, not him needing to find imagination's mm -hmm. great story hook. Yeah. I love the potential of, of cameos or, you know, of, of like, he's like Wayne Zelensky from honey, I shrunk the kids. Right. That's yeah, I love it. it and, and it expect because that's the one thing that I that I loved about the ride is it has you know like the the framed pictures of Robin Williams and um, uh, Rick Mor Rick Moranis. Um, I, call, <laughs> I call him Rick Moranis. Uh, Rick Moranis, 
uh, as their characters from you know their respective movies, and it's it's like they have like you know the wall of the scientist wall of fame, and so it kind of puts all of that in the same universe, and so it's like that's kind of perfect, like. Um, you know, that way you don't have to do anything to the ride. Like you don't have to update the ride. You don't have to spend money to change anything about the ride, uh, to make it match the movie because you can take elements from the ride into the movie. So you work in one more super obscure cameo. Oh yeah. That the one under the age of like 50 will get. <laughs> Those are my favorite. We're going to walk on part with Kurt Russell as the computer who wore tennis shoes. I mean, we don't need a reason for more Kurt Russell. Like, we don't, we just, we don't, we just, any excuse for more Kurt Russell is perfect. You don't know that movie, and I don't blame you for not. (laughs) That's, and that's a, that's an amazing deep cut, and I love, yeah, I love you for it. (laughs) Before he was action star badass Kurt Russell, he was under contract with Disney. Uh, He made a movie called The Computer Wore Tennis Shoes. Uh, it hasn't aged that well, but in a great way. Because, <laughs> like, whoever wrote it didn't really understand computers. Uh, but look it up. It's amazing. Uh, so, yeah, he needs a walk-on role as the computer board. Yeah, even in, like, just the background. They're like, hey, man, like, what can you get? And he's just like, never mind. Like, he does guys like, like a one line. Talking about their, you know, their, their um, uh, famous prior members of the Imagination Institute. And there he is. Yeah. Gosh, yeah, I'd love that. I mean, it's just like I just feel like that universe. Like we haven't visited that universe in a long time, and like I think it's perfect. Like it, it's a, it's a perfect if it, it's a perfect way to introduce Figment and you know bring those characters back. And you know you can have a sweet, touching, uh, some kind of Robin Williams thing in there. Um, you know to make sure that he gets his his due and his credit for all of that. Um, I mean, it's just like, it lends itself so well to that. Yeah. And you know that I'm going to, we're going to tweet at Disney. Hey, movie, make it happen. Yeah. Like the figment movie, we are available. I know you got your plate kind of full right now, so we will volunteer to take this one. How about instead of every animated turn live action project you're already working on right now, cancel all those. Yep take a quarter of the budget of one of those movies mm-hmm. yeah yeah like that's all we need we don't need a, a huge budget we like we've got your story already done we just gotta you know pound it out into a script and then we're good oh. all the uh the purists will love it because it's half animation like the old school animation like it's perfect man it's perfect it's never going to happen. No, never, because we thought of it, so no. The live-action Oliver's Company before. Uh, Oliver and Company. Don't right. diss Oliver and Company, though, man. I love Oliver and Company. The Rescuers. Ugh. I remember going to see That's Oliver That's stupid and one with, with Rosanna the Cows. Uh, that one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Gross. Just Gross. The live-action Cars 2, where it's just Larry the Cable Guy being confused as a spy. It's the man who knew too little with Larry the Cable Guy. Yep, that's going to happen first. Why do you poop on things that I like? (laughs) Sorry, sorry. No, anything that gives more Larry the Cable Guy I hate. He is a poor man's Guy Fieri. Yeah, I said it. (laughs) Guy Fieri, I don't know if you've seen his Twitter or his Instagram lately, but he is just crushing it. 
he is like desperate to be a social media superstar and I love him for it. It's amazing. But, uh, yeah, anyway, wearing his sunglasses on the back of his head. Yeah. I mean, he, he, he literally pitched an entire TV series of law and order flavor town and it's epic. Okay. Like it's so epic. Like it's, it's good. Like I would watch that show. Like it's, it's amazing. So, you know, he's just, he's embracing, he's turning into the skid of who he is and who his person, what his persona is. And it's amazing for him. Yeah. Yeah. I'm proud of him. It's still my next one. Yeah. It's going to get a little meta. Uh-oh. Hang with me on this. And so it's also going to be a hard pitch, especially after the news we got today. Oh, no. That we said everyone can talk about. Yeah. So, one attraction, first of all, just like our last one, does not exist anymore. Now, like, the original uh, Journey to the Imagination with, uh, does not exist. The ride's been changed twice since the original version. There is still a ride. It's, it's Journey into Your Imagination with Figment right. or something like that. Yeah. Called. Um, but the version I'm, I remember as a kid doesn't exist anymore. The, this next thing I'm going to pitch does not exist at all anymore. Uh, it was around for eight years, and then it got a overhaul to make it more kid-friendly. And then that kid haul over for – sorry, over <laughs> the kid-friendly overhaul. There it there is. There we go. Uh, also just recently was closed down. So this attraction does not exist at all. Okay. Anymore. It is both beloved and hated by hardcore Disney park fans. Oh, wow. For the same reason. Remember I talked about the Michael Eisner era. Yeah. Uh, in addition to wanting to tie in theme parks to the successful Disney movies, cause he helped spearhead the Disney animation Renaissance. He also, wanted to make the Disney parks more attractive to teens and older kids. Mm-hmm. I'm because with him. When he, when he took over, Disney had a reputation for being just kids only. And he wanted there to be some more thrill rides, scarier stuff, stuff teens can get into. Idea led to Alien Encounter, the extraterrestrial. Ooh, okay. Extra terror. Oh, I get jokes. What a wordplay. Uh, and, and there's two ways you can do this. One is just straight up take the, the, the attraction that was, turn it into a movie. The basic premise is it's in tomorrow or was in Tomorrowland. Uh, you're going to see a demonstration of alien technology from a company called XS Tech. Get it? XS? Huh. Yeah. Oh, the puns are with this one. Uh, they're showing you uh, experimental teleportation technology. Now they're going to do so. Uh, you go through a pre-show and a bunch of stuff that explains the technology, explains the company. You get to the main showroom. There's a giant tube in the middle of the room. where They're going to teleport uh, the head of XS Tech down to meet everyone in the audience. Stuff goes awry. Apparently there's a planet between wherever they're teleporting from and Earth. And he gets sent to the wrong planet. They quickly look for life forms, grab the first life form they see, and send it down to us. Things did not go well. The life form they sent to us, instead of being a friendly green alien, a giant seven-foot-tall winged predator smashes out of his tube. Over like kills all the power to the plant, and the the entire rest of the attraction was you were locked in a room with a killer alien. Jeez. 
Disney. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a bit much uh, for Disney. Holy cow! Now look, I will say this: this this attraction, as a twelve year old, was fucking amazing because they did not hold back. Uh, literally, this had uh, what's it called uh, binaural sound. Uh, your your headrest had your speakers in it, so they made it sound like things were running all around the room, all around you. Uh, they shot water at you to simulate blood. Uh, at one point, the the creature back of your neck, and you felt hot air, and you felt his tongue licking your head. Like they did not waste anything. They, you know, the, most of the attraction is in pure darkness, and it's all just sound effects and uh, things like that. But they they did their job of making you feel like this creature was in this room stalking you at a Disney park attraction. It was amazing. I loved it. It was just dark enough to be, you know, like edgy, um, but not so dark that my parents were like, oh, you can't do that. No, no, we're not doing that. Uh, I loved it. I loved every minute of it. And it was, by a certain group of people, very beloved. It was also, as you can imagine, by a certain other group of people, parents, uh, absolutely despised and hated. Moms. I'm going to go ahead and call them out. Not all parents. Well, and not just mom either, like internal Disney. There was some internal Disney staff, like some of the uh, older uh, uh, Imagineers hated this ride, this attraction from concept to execution. I can see that. I, I can uh, see why, yeah, like it being such a tone shift from everything else at the time. Very un-Disney. Yeah. The best way possible. Uh, and like <laughs> they had warnings outside saying this attraction is in pitch black and is intended to be scary. Don't take little kids here. They changed their pre-show to make the pre-show scarier to try to weed out little kids and stuff. <laughs> uh, but they, they were constantly bombarded with complaints from parents about it was too scary. It was too dark. It was too whatever. Uh, so ultimately it was turned into Stitch's Great Escape, which is the same exact ride, only it's themed to Stitch instead of a giant killer alien, and it's more kid friendly. Lame. Uh, I, get, I get why they did it. I even enjoyed Stitch's Great Escape. Yeah. A, a lot of people hated it. I don't get it. Uh, I felt it was a perfect compromise. Oh, we want something in Tomorrowland, and we need a character that's popular who fits that theme. Hey, Stitch, that works. It was a sort of low cost renovation because you know you just changed out a new coat of paint, a new pre show. You're pretty much there. Yeah. Uh, but so you take that premise and part of me even wants to pitch this as like a found footage POV thing. Like you've been invited, uh, a select handful of people have been invited to come uh, witness this alien technology demonstration. Uh, it's a lockdown facility. No one's supposed to have cameras or phones or anything, but our main character smuggles a phone in or a GoPro or something. And we see this technology and we see it all go awry. And the whole rest of the movie is just a like, not totally in the dark, like maybe like night vision in the dark, like trying to get out of this facility and avoid the alien and and like survive, but like horror movie. I love um, it. We call it extraterrestrial, of course. Oh, of course, yeah. Um, or alien encounter, it's fine, whatever. That's pitch A. That's pitch A. Is just a a like found footage POV uh, alien. Trapped in a room with the giant killer alien movie thing. That'd be cool. I'm in. Lays, I'm 100% uh, in. I would say you could lay some more uh, groundwork in the story for the attraction at the park, but it's not there anymore, so whatever. Uh, so this is total fan service for the, the hardcore fans who loved it. 
That's pitch A. Pitch B requires a little more explanation, and I know I'm getting wordy. I apologize. When this attraction was originally conceived, the term alien encounter was not just a generic stand-in. There was a specific reason. It's called alien encounter. You can probably guess where I'm going. Uh-oh. Eisner's original idea was to make this an alien attraction. And by that, I mean xenomorph, alien, Ooh. alien, aliens, alien three, which hadn't come out yet. Uh, that was the, so the, the original concept for this. <laughs> the, the There's a throwback for, for you. There's a reference. Uh, yeah. <laughs> original premise was you were a rescue crew being sent to the Nostromo to figure out what happened. It was literally Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger spin, but on the Nostromo. Oh, my God. And instead of zapping little Z targets, you were shooting the alien uh, or aliens, I guess, uh, on an infested. And now that never came to be. That was too expensive. But uh, the space that uh, uh, Stitch's escape and then Alien Encounter uh, was in prior to those going in there was a ride called uh, Mission to Mars, which was then before that Rocket to the Moon, uh, which had to be replaced because we did land on the moon. <laughs> yeah. Way to go, America. Uh, it, was, it was that theater in the round. So the screen is in the center and everyone sits around it. Oh. Um, so it was renovated several times. And the mission to Mars thing was horribly outdated. It was a, no one went to that attraction. It was boring and, no, and people hated it. So working with the space they had is when the teleportation idea came in. But the original concept was not for it to be a generic winged alien. It was supposed to be the Xenomorph. Oh, my gosh. That would have been so kick-ass. Had an agreement with Fox uh, if you remember another extinct attraction, the great movie ride yeah. has scenes where the animatronic xenomorph pops out at you. Yeah, that's not a coincidence. <laughs> Disney got the park rides to Alien. They were going to do something with it. Oh, uh, but that's the, so yeah, killer. This ride, this ride was supposed to be xenomorph encounter, uh, you know, alien encounter. The <sighs> thing in that tube that smashes loose and stalks you know, the entire audience was supposed to be a xenomorph. Oh, that's so cool. That would have been awesome. I know, right? That would have been uh, so killer. So, now that Disney owns Fox, yeah. and now that the Alien franchise is in not such a good place, yeah, maybe now's the time for a great, just one-off, scary Alien movie that doesn't give a shit about, you know, the other four movies, or the Ridley Scott prequel stuff, or the Alien vs. Predator stuff, or just this just standalone scary movie in the dark with a xenomorph. Yeah, that that's all you need for oh, a xenomorph, a creepy setting, and people to die. That would be so awesome. This has all three of those. Oh. So, you want to get crazy meta with it, there's your, your standalone <laughs> alien movie to read. Re- revitalize the Alien franchise, and it's also it's on theme park. I love it. So, there you go. I could go on all day for Alien Encounter. Or, sorry, uh, yeah, yeah, Alien yeah. Encounter trivia. Because uh, that Xenomorph idea, you know who killed that? Yeah. Uh, so Imagineers, old school Imagineers, hated it. But the person they finally got to talk uh, Eisner out of it. I'm not making this up. 
George Lucas. Wow. Uh, the whole other, this, this is a whole rabbit hole we could go down. That yeah. I it's not um, but, no, uh, write that down for another episode. Like we, we're going to do episodes on individual rides and the history of rides. And like, that has to be one of them because that's incredible. It's crazy. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. There's my other pitch. And again, you can do it one of two ways, depending mm-hmm. how meta you want to get with it or how, uh, brand synergy synergistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure, that's a word. Yeah. How brand synergistic you want it to be. I'm down with that. No, that would be awesome. That would be so cool. I'm in. Oh, my God. Um, all right. I got another one. And for this one, I went to my least favorite park of all of, all four of the Disney parks. And even though like, it, it was close because I had to pick a ride I liked from the le- my least favorite park that didn't already have a movie associated with it. And do now. Yeah. They all, they all pretty much do now. Um, because my least favorite park of all of the Disney parks, animal kingdom, I'm going to go ahead and say it. Okay. Animal kingdom, my least favorite. Uh, I like the rides and I'm not so big on, uh, animals and a park that smells like our new shows, um, <laughs> where like a park smells like a bunch of farts got in a fight. So, uh, but there are parts of Animal Kingdom I do like. Uh, you know, Avatar, uh, the Flight of Passage. Oh my gosh, that ride's incredible. Uh, well worth the wait. Uh, if you can get a fast pass for it, like holy shit, buy a lottery ticket. Um, even though it was in name only, uh, they did a dinosaur movie, um, which the dinosaur ride is a criminally underrated ride. Ride is called Countdown to Extinction. Yeah, fight me. Oh, it's so good. Um, that ride. Uh, the ride's amazing, and I didn't do it until my second Disney trip, and I'm sad that I missed out on it on the first time because holy shit, it's oh. awesome. It's like it's really out of the way, but it's so good. Freaking scary is it when that Carnotaurus is like on the side of the car and the car starts moving yeah. and he starts chasing you? Yeah. Gosh, it freaks me the hell out. But. Spoiler, sorry. It is not the ride in Animal Kingdom that holds a Guinness World Record. You're trying to turn Tough to Be a Bug into a movie no. and have bad. Okay, okay. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, it's not. <laughs> it is not my favorite ride in Animal Kingdom. It is not the Guinness world record holding most expensive roller coaster ever made. Expedition Everest. The, uh, the, if you're unfamiliar with this ride, first of all, shame on you. Uh, (laughs) second of all, it is, it is a, just looking at it. Like it is a piece of art, uh, to look at the Everest mountain that they have built in the middle of, uh, Animal Kingdom. It's it's just it, amazing. Uh, it is one of uh, only two rides that exist in Disney that I have uh, a shirt from. I actually bought a shirt uh, from Expedition Everest, and I, the the shirt that I wanted was only available in kids sizes, so I had to get the kids extra large. 
uh, well worth Does it. Say how, how convenient for you? I know, right? Uh, because they had a uh, they have a, a three quarter sleeve. Uh, they have the the raglan tee that has just like the the like the logo on the front, and then the Expedition Everest thing on the back. And the first time I went. The uh, they had they had a at the time they've now combined everything into one app but they had the shop Disney Parks app, and you could use that where you could put uh, like any piece of merchandise in and it would show you where in the parks it was available and in stock and like what sizes they had like it was a real time inventory for park merch and it was awesome. Uh, it was buggy and it sometimes didn't work but it was a really great piece of information to have. So I kept looking for this shirt. And the the three days that we were in Animal Kingdom did not it, like it, the app said that they had it in stock in the extra large kid size. And every time I would go, I would ask them if they had it and the person would go to the back and then like three minutes they would come back and say, no, nah, sorry, what we've got out is all we have. Because they, they didn't have any on the shelf. And I would be like, yeah, it says in the app that you guys have the extra large. Do you guys have it? Like, is it just in the back? And they would walk to the back. Three or four minutes later, they'd come back and go, sorry, what we have is all we've got. Okay, thanks. Didn't get it my first trip, and I was so bummed out. So the second trip, I said, that's the one thing I want. Like, if I can get that shirt, it's the one thing I want. And so day one in Animal Kingdom, went through the, went through the ride, came out through the gift shop, and there it was right there, like hanging on the rack, bought it first day, had it done. Like they sent it to the, the resort room done, like didn't even have to mess with it. It was like, yeah, it'll, it'll be in your room by the time you get back. And I was just like, God bless this place. Um, so I have a special soft spot, like the, the queue for that ride is basically like a ride in and of itself. Uh, and it tells the story of like the history of uh, Sherpas that lead expeditions up Mount Everest and some of the, the tools that they use and the things that they've found and like photographs of different animals and all that stuff. And then about two thirds of the way through, it starts to get a little creepy because there's a bunch of stuff about like the myth of the Yeti and the myth of, um, you know, all of that stuff and, and the, the dangers and the perils of, you know, some of the creatures, the, the, the mythical creatures that you find while on your expedition until you get onto the ride. And when you get to the ride, you go through a certain point until you get to where the track is broken. It's a roller coaster and like you go up and you start going around and then you get to the part where the track is literally broken and it and you stop and you go backwards and then the Yeti shows up and it's awesome. And I know it's changed significantly because of technical difficulties with the actual, like they had a Yeti. Now it's just a projection of the shadow and, and all of that. Um, but it's a hell of a fun ride. It would be awesome to follow a, you, you'd have to make it a bit more PG 13. You'd have to make it a bit scarier because my story would be a group of, uh, it would be an expedition that has, um, uh, like they've conquered everything else and they're looking for their next thrill and next challenge to overcome. And there's, uh, like something happens on Everest and, uh, like uh, an expedition goes up and the entire expedition, except for one guy gets wiped out. And he says that it's the, it was the Yeti. And, you know, um, so he's offering a big reward 
for anybody that can get the Yeti uh, that that killed his friends. This group is like, here's our next challenge, and this is their adventure going up Everest. Not only the challenges of, of just climbing Mount Everest to begin with, but trying to track down this Yeti and uh, the challenges and perils that come with that. And I'd love it. I'm in for a good monster movie. You know that, right? Like, and, and it would be it would be perfect because, like, you know, you have the stuff. Like, you don't even have to show. It, it would be very like in my mind. It's very like Jaws ish, where you never really see the yeah. Yeti until like the very, very, very end. Because there's all the stuff about like the paranoia that goes into like climbing anyway, and they're in an unfamiliar place, and there's other animals that are around that kind of freak you out that you don't really know. And, you know, like they're, um, there's kind of like infighting a little bit because, uh, you know, they're all kind of stressed out about it and, you know, it's getting cold and this and that and like all of the normal challenges. And then you throw in the Yeti and it, oh man, it just cranks it to 11. Down. Like, and it's, it's one of those, like at the time. You know, it was, what, like six years in development. Like, it took a, a heck of a long time to make, and it's gone through some changes. Um, but there's also some weird thing about when you get to the top and the track is broken, everybody throws their hair ties, uh, which I don't understand. But I guess it's Sounds a thing. like ring toss them onto the track? Yeah, yeah well, it, no, it's, it's like up on the sides, like up to the, like, they don't, like, none of them are on the track ahead. It's all, like, to the left and the right on, like, the mountainside. It's just like a ton of those the little hair elastics, and it's crazy. Like, I Googled it to try and figure it out, and it's just like everybody just – like, why do people do that? Like, it's just like people complaining about it. So, um, I, like, I didn't really get, like, a story like it's – Business supposed- cards that have a sticky <laughs> – well, I'm going to start – Business cards with a sticky backside. Yeah. I'm going to start putting Talk Nerdy to Me stickers, like buttons and stuff up there because uh, we've got Talk Nerdy to Me stickers and stuff. So, yeah, I'm going to start start merchandising that way because um, those Disney cameras won't find out that it's me. They have, well, I car on. They, yeah, yeah, they have cameras everywhere. Um, but, but that's the um, – like so I never really figured out like, Hey, it's supposed to be good. Lo-. You know, like whatever, whatever it's supposed to be. I think it's just people when they get to the top and you, cause you stop for a second and then you start going backwards. So I think it's just, people are kind of bored while it stops. So they just, you know, they throw their hair ties or whatever. And like one person did it. So then everybody thinks that that's what you're supposed to do. So I guess whatever, but, uh, it's a great ride. The literally like, it didn't really have a backstory or anything for why it was made. They were just like, screw it. Let's just build a a mountain with a Yeti. Like there's no movie behind it. There's no property or anything like behind it. It's just like, cool, let's just do this. So, uh, you know, the Yeti desperately needed some kind of thrill ride. God, Yeah. They did spend a long time in, uh, cause like they sent actual expeditions to the region to do research for that. That's so cool. That's crazy. Like it's and like the level of detail in the just in the queue is awesome. Like that whole thing, that whole mountain is a a masterpiece of forest perspective. Yeah. It looks so huge from like every single angle you see that in the park. It just looks huge and looming. Yep. Yeah, it's it's my favorite ride of Animal Kingdom. Uh, I have to take out. 
Avatar because the Avatar ride, it's just, it's not fair to include that as, because uh, it's just like, that's just an experience all of itself. Um, I mean, it is just, it, that's just another level. But uh, Expedition, even if you include that, like Expedition Everest is, is up there for me. And I mean, I love it. It was, it, it was like the fourth or fifth ride that I rode that I ever rode in Disney. It was like that one. I did the, um, like the, uh, first ride I ever did at Disney, by the way, was the, um, uh, like the, the safari ride where like you ride in the Jeep and they bring you around with like all the real animals. Yeah. And the only, like the, the best part about it was there was this really annoying ass kid in the front. They kept asking all these like really stupid questions. He reminded me of that kid from Home Alone, the like the neighbor kid that's asking like all those questions when he's going through uh, the, everybody's bags, and he's like, you know, where are you going? What is it? But what time is it in France? Like all these all these like fifty thousand questions, and he's really annoying. And uh, at at one point, like the guy who who has the microphone, and he's like, "If you look to your right, you see this. If you look to like they kept like the kid just kept asking stupid questions because he would be like, "What if those two fought? What if this happened? What if that was that? Did they ever do this?" And finally, like you see him click the microphone off, like the headset microphone, and he turns <laughs> and he like tells the he's like he's like shut the fuck up, kid. Like sit down. Like he just tells him something. Like he, like, cause you can't hear it cause he turns the thing off. The kid just sits down and is quiet the rest of the ride. He turns the, my little headset back on. He's like, and if you look to your left, you're going to see the, the things <laughs> over here. It was the most amazing thing. Cause I just, I started laughing my ass off. Cause I was like, man, he just told that kid to shut the fuck up. <laughs> he just told that he just put that kid in his place. That was the, that was my first like Disney magical moment. Uh, <laughs> That was like the first, like my my first like <laughs> sprinkle of Disney magic was was that guy just like he had had enough and he was just like kid, I'm gonna break your face if you don't sit the hell down. And the kid just like sat down, was done. Um, and then I love that that's your Disney magic. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was amazing. Um, Not like oh, I saw some little girl meet Mickey for the first no. time. No, oh hell no! This, uh, this kid got told this to fool. <laughs> I'm killing the general safaris, and yep. my God, it was amazing. Oh, it was the best because like I was sitting there and I'm like, God, this kid is so annoying because he's just asking all these <laughs> dumbass questions, and I'm like, I get it, he's a kid. So like the first like five. I let go because I'm like, okay, he's a kid. He's excited. He's just asking a bunch of questions. They're 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 stupid questions, but he's asking them anyway. Whatever, it's fine. And then like he just kept going, and his parents weren't doing anything. And I was like, he is ruining this ride. And then the dude like that was when the dude had had enough too because he's just like click. Sit down. You shut the fuck up, and I'm not going to tell you again. And if you look over to your right over here, you're going to see those hippos, and aren't they great? Like they're just hanging out, and no one of them is sunning himself, and they they can grow to be whatever. And just like it was like didn't miss a beat, and I was just like that guy is my hero right now. Um, and then and then after that, I think it was. I think it was Expedition Everest next, and then the Rapids because uh, those two are kind of near each other. Uh, it was one or the other, uh, but so it was one of my first rides, and that was like I loved it because it kind of didn't save Animal Animal Kingdom for me, but it was like this is awesome, like this ride is kick ass, and it gives me a reason to really like Animal Kingdom. So, because uh, that was before I got to the joy of uh, the Dinosaur Age of Extinction or whatever it was called. Down to extinction. Yeah, countdown to extinction. Yeah. I love, I love- 
calling it that in, in the park in front of uh, um, cast members, just like yeah. daring them to correct. You see the same thing when uh, uh, Universal when they had Dueling Dragons, which mm-hmm. then became part of Harry Potter World, and they renamed it Dragon Challenge. Ah, oh, yeah. And they renamed. So it used to be it was it was uh, uh, there's two roller coasters they intersect or they're dragons that fight. It's the whole premise. It used to be fire or ice. And then when it became Harry Potter, it was the the something or other horn tail and the something something dragon. But I still call them fire and ice and ask you like, hey, we're doing dragons. And like and they'd be like, I don't know what you're talking about. I was lying. I was like, okay, guys, we're doing fire or ice this time. And the kid was like, what? What do you mean fire? You mean the horn tail bubba or the bubba? I'm like, no, I mean fire or ice on dueling dragons. I'm, like, I'm gonna get them. I'm gonna get them. You want to talk Disney magic moments at at the cost of little kids? <laughs> I, I think you'll be proud of me on this one. I made a kid cry. Wow! On Tower of Terror. Oh man, yes. My uh, and we're, uh, if you want to talk my all time favorite ride in, in all of Disney, that's it right there. But I want you to know, for the longest time, the intro had a quote from that in it. And I just could not get it to work. That's okay. Like that, that it was video. Just, it, was, it was too low. I couldn't get it to work. I'm pissed because the video that they use for that ride is from my least favorite episode of the show. I hate that damn episode. Because it's the one where the, the kid like has the psychic powers and like everyone yeah. in town is afraid of him. I hate that episode. Yeah. And um, they, they rip part of that for the opening of Tower of Terror. And uh, I'm, I'm, it always makes me sad. But that video, yeah, the really good quality video, a uh, copy of that video is on YouTube, and it's awesome. I downloaded it so I could have it all the time. Um, but anyway, go so ahead. We're on, we're, we're on the ride, and, and so they do the thing where they randomize how many drops you get. Mm-hmm. And it was Ross up, you know, you come to the top of the tower the first time, and you pause and, like, you know, waitlist for a second and, like, look out over the, you know, the stunning vistas and then yeah. drops you again. Oh, I love it. We were at, we were around about that part, and I started doing, like, a maniacal laugh. <laughs> Just full-on mad scientist, you know, with and, and Whitney just starts elbow me. And I'm like, uh, what? And she's like, stop it. Which is right when the camera took our picture. <laughs> it's one of my favorite men. Whitney's, I'm laughing maniacally. Whitney's looking at me, giving like the death stare. And this kid that wrote in front of me is like hiding inside his mom. I'm like, oh, <sighs> my bad. Sorry. Please, if you if you have a, a digital copy of that picture, please send it to me. It was somewhere. I got to remember which trip it was on. Please send that to me because that would I would love that more than anything. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah, oh no, I love I love uh, when I'm on that ride and people are scared, and I love being like, oh, like I love overplaying it, being like, oh, this is gonna be so scary. They're gonna drop us, and we might we may die this time. I don't know. Like, it's gonna be bad. Wait, and like, wait till we eventually get to talking about the Jaws ride. Oh, that one's such a sore How spot for me. Traumatized my sister for life on that ride. That's awesome. Well, you know what that that. <laughs> That'll that'll teach her for continuing to show back up after you guys moved. That's what she gets. <laughs> oh man, um, what other what other uh, theme park rides? What other rides do you have that should be movies? Don't have so I had one as kind of a uh, a backup. I didn't really develop it much. Not that I developed that I do a whole lot, but like, <clears throat> and I've pitched this for a while. But there's one character. He's got an attraction at, I think, every Disney park. 
Um, but it is a weird amalgam because this is a character who kind of has like a movie within a movie and like a character within a character. Um, Buzz Lightyear. Hey, of we know him as yeah, yes, we know him as like the toy come to life who mm-hmm. hangs out with Woody and you know the kids in in in, in you know uh, what's her name? Not Andy's bedroom. Oh uh, yeah, the yeah. Bonnie. Yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah, Bonnie. I'm gonna say Libby, but I know it wasn't right. I'm just gonna say uh, that I finally saw Toy Story four, and I liked Toy Story three a whole lot better. But anyway. Get Toy Story Four. It's just uh, depressing. Yeah, it's um, just it's just like it, it does not need to exist. But anyway, we're not a review site, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> that's coming. There is so we know that Buzz, but within that universe, Buzz is a character from a cartoon show. They they did make uh, Buzz Lightyear of Star Command as a cartoon show. Yeah, where it's like the actual Buzz Lightyear. He's a real guy in a in a you know souped up spacesuit who goes around and uh, like fights aliens and is a space cop basically. I love that cartoon show. I love Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger spin or Star Commodore. The ride has like three different names in three different countries. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's got a lot. Not quite sure why, but it's. I love that ride. There's one weird thing about that ride because you walk in and it's in Tomorrowland. You're like, oh, okay, so this is like Buzz of Star Command. Like we're going off into space, but then like your mission briefing is on a Viewmaster. <laughs> yeah, and like your your car is powered by double A batteries and like. It's just really like, okay. Am I a toy, or am I out in space? Like, what's the theme supposed to be here? But anyway, what I would love to see, uh, especially in the wake of you know Disney owns Star Wars now, Disney has Guardians of the Galaxy. Did they know how to do a good like sci-fi space action movie? Give me my Buzz Lightyear of Star Command movie. Gosh, yes. Live action and like a, a Iron Man esque kind of Buzz Lightyear suit. Uh, bring all the cartoon show, have them fight uh, the the vampire robot Nos Four A Two. Whatever you want to do, uh, just give me that version of Buzz Lightyear. Um, I would love it. Oh, I would be in. You know how much I love Buzz Lightyear. Like you and I have have uh, have complained forever how there isn't just a really simple. Star Command T-shirt, like the Star Command, just like give me the the basic just logo T-shirt. Can't find that unless you go to Etsy. Unless you go to Etsy, if you go to Etsy, you can find anything you want. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, like Buzz Lightyear, and, and you know Buzz Lightyear is one of those that like that the the character has such a rich universe to play in and it's it's funny because like that character has a bigger universe and a better fleshed out story than you know a lot of main characters in movies and it's like an afterthought in another universe and it's that like that's just that's wild to me like it's it's crazy i agree it's it's kind of the same thing with Woody and Woody's Roundup and all of that stuff. Like yeah. they have fleshed out like these crazy, intricate and like ever expanding universes for these characters, and like they are like 
it, it's like a backdrop. Like they're, they're, they're not even like, they don't even expand much on them just because they don't need to, but they could like, that would be a great, um, like a, what is it? Like a Disney plus feature. Yeah. Yeah. A Disney plus show. Yeah. Like, this is what awesome. you do. This is what you do. End of your last episode or end of the movie or whatever. You've, you've beaten the bad guy. You save the universe. Great job, Buzz. Hey, we've got another case for you, Buzz. Yep. The galactic, whatever they're called, had a prisoner escape. Oh. This one's dangerous. We need our best man on the job. I was like, well, of course. What's, you know, what am I after? And he just, like, they hand him the mission briefing file at the top. It just says Experiment 626. The oh, shit commandos. (laughs) That's, that's, uh, yeah. Forgot about it. Right, remember the oh, shit commandos? (laughs) Uh, You set up your Buzz Lightyear versus Stitch movie. (laughs) Isn't that what it's all about? I'm not going to let that die. That's what we're all coming for. That's what we're all here for is it's in never, never since uh, the power ranger that was a space cop, like the doggy Kruger versus the space pirates. <laughs> has there been a more natural fit of characters in the same universe that are on opposite ends and should be in a versus movie? There you go. Gosh, Disney, we can't keep doing all the work for you. We're we're doing all the heavy lifting. We're cheap, guys. We do. Uh, you know, our hosting... <laughs> we work for our hosting fees, which are not that much. So, um, But most of the, uh, the rest of my list was just stuff that um, Disney had done, but done poorly, and I want to see them do it right. Um, Ooh, I love those. Like, I want to see them do an actual, like, legit haunted mansion movie. That's not. You know who was supposed to do that movie? Who? Don't. It's gonna, Guillermo del Toro. I was gonna say it's gonna break my heart, and it did. Um, even if it was like an anthology movie that tells the story of three of the 999 haunts, with the wraparound being that the person who's like reading about these ends up being the 1,000th haunt. Like, something. That's your Disney Plus series. Right there is... Tell some crazy mansion. Yeah, like, all of these... Like, you tell all of the story. Like, the, the, the running theme is, like, it's the same person who's, you know, hearing all of these stories, and it's all of the different haunts that are in the mansion. And then, at the end, you find out that uh, that person is actually the 1,000th haunt. And that, that like, that's your, holy shit. Like, as soon as you put that together, yeah, it's see like, this. damn, that's awesome. See, this is like Tales from the Crypt. Yeah, exactly. But, like, yeah, the hat box ghost is your host. Like, oh, yes. yes. Yeah, because. Yes, like haunt. a thousand times, yeah. And, and it's sad. It's also sad because this year is the 50th, anniversary of the haunted mansion so it deserves something epic like that and the eddie murphy turd fest is not what the haunted mansion should be known for outside of the ride because that movie is a is a disaster uh it is every it gets everything wrong um and the haunted mansion deserves better so yeah, an anthology series about all of the different haunts would be epic. Um, 
and and you know you wrap it around with the the story of the one thousandth. So I think that would be great. Um, Love it. Uh, I, I didn't flesh out a real idea, but I had um, an honorable mention for uh, Thunder Mountain, um, where it would be some kind uh, of um, like some kind of uh, like action adventure movie that uh, like all the the dynamiters on the uh, the Thunder Mountain get stuck somehow, and someone has to go rescue them. But you know, I had I hadn't really. There's not enough in the in the ride to get me to a full story yet. Um, I haven't got. There is. So I talked about the the uh, Figment Dreamfinder comic. Mm-hmm. There yeah. is a a um, um, Thunder Mountain comic. Oh, I'm gonna have to find that. Then. It was like six issues, and it is. I believe it's like a train heist. On ah. The wildest ride in the wilderness. Okay. Did not read it, but the cover looked awesome. Yeah, so I'm going to have to read that, and that I might uh, eventually come back and, and give a full pitch. But uh, Thunder Mountain is another one of those. It's like it's super fun, and there's no, like, it's weird. Like, it exists kind of like in a silo where, like, it's its own thing, and it doesn't, like, have anything to do with anything else. There's no real like tie in anything like it doesn't have a gift shop like you can't really like there's not a lot of merch that goes with it um it's just kind of like a like a just a, a ride and so like i i think with a little work a little tlc you could get something out of it but i just i was too busy i was too excited about uh, all the other stuff that i had that uh, i didn't get i didn't get time to get to that one but uh those were my those were my big ones like those were the the big ones that um that didn't already have something or uh in the case of haunted mansion like i can do it better (laughs) um anyone could yeah uh disney should be ashamed of that one um and they should have looked ahead to uh make the 50th anniversary have a, a much better um, I mean, the pops are going to be awesome, and they're doing a lot of cool merch with it. But like, they could do so much more with the haunted mansion. Like, it's such a cool. Well, except for oh yeah, this summer merch. They, like they ripped the shit out of that awning, and so like there's no awning right now. So like in July and August, there's no awning to get into the haunted mansion because uh-huh. so, they're redoing it. So they decided that the heat, like like the peak of summer, is the perfect time to not need shade. So whatever. Um, Speaking of merch, yeah, I'm on the Disney shop right now. Uh huh. You're upset about the Disney, uh, the Haunted Mansion wallpaper Disney band. Yeah. You know, there's a Haunted Mansion wallpaper silk tie. Is it like the right? Is it not? Is it the purple with the black? Like the grayscale. I want it. How much is it? I want it. For a tie, be um, uh, $5. Gosh, it's so much. Anyway, well, that's uh, going on the Christmas list. What the fuck? <laughs> a Blu ray of the Haunted Mansion movie starring Eddie Murphy uh, is only twelve ninety five though. Gosh, that's twelve ninety four too much. Key is thirty five. Sorry, now I'm just scrolling through the store. You can get. You know what? You could buy a, a pack of four coasters for less than twelve ninety nine. Not just one. 
You don't need to spend twelve ninety five on one coaster. Um, so yeah, gosh. Yeah, so those are our rides and attractions we think would make cool movies. Yeah. Um, we went Disney on that because right. the other big park, which we'll get to in a moment, yep. and literally their whole thing is ride the movies. Right. So everything's already on a movie somehow. So yeah. kind of takes itself out of the running for that category. <laughs> yeah, uh, a little bit. But... But you ready to you ready to uh, live up to our name? It's time. I believe it's time to hot parks, buddy. All right, here we go. Here we go. We're gonna do this. Welcome to Universal Studios. You'll face the fury of King Kong. Join the Ghostbusters. Nickelodeon in action. More movie production than at any studio in Florida. Go back to the future. The only place on earth where you can ride the movies. Absolutely spectacular design. Spare no expense. This park is a tram ride. We're putting people in the movies. You're a wizard. This could be the most dangerous night of my life. On the Universal Studios Tour. Oh yeah, we are taking a trip uh, also in Florida. We're just going uh, down the road a little bit. We're going to Universal Studios. We're hopping parks. We're about to go ride the movie. We are, and that was you're right. Like that was that's their whole shtick. So that's why they weren't included in the first part. But this is why I love that park, and uh, also <laughs> I love and hate that intro because ninety percent of the rides we talk about in that intro aren't there anymore. I know, right? Like it's sad. Well, I used to have sound clip. Yeah, I love uh, I love hearing Hitchcock and uh, Huey Lewis, Huey Lewis and the fake news. Like just, <laughs> oh, I love everything about that. But uh, yeah, so here's the thing that that uh, Universal does. And uh, it's coming up, and uh, it's coming up in, in a little over a month now. And th- this year, there's a special. Uh, it's almost like it's just for us. Uh, there's a special introduction. There, there's special in in induction. I don't know. A premiere. Literal. Yeah, where uh, they do. And I'm going to get the name wrong because I always get it wrong. Is it Halloween Horror Nights or is it Haunted Horror Nights? Halloween Horror Nights. Got it on the first try. Halloween Horror Nights, HHN for short. And what they do is every year they take like movie properties and they turn them into haunted houses, haunted like attractions that are like super scary and they will make you pee your pants. And this year they are yeah. doing for uh, the 35th anniversary, they're doing a Ghostbusters house. Which just sounds lovable. Like I'm, I'm, I, I love that. Uh, I'm waiting for the first, uh, like first person, like GoPro through it because that's yeah. going to be awesome. Yeah. Um, but, um, so, I've never done Halloween it's, Horror Nights. It is. I've done it twice. It is amazing. Uh, when we take our trip, we have to make sure it's in September or October yeah. so that we can go to it. Yes. Um. Me and Whitney went on our honeymoon the first time, and she went just to make to make me happy. But she even ended up, ended up having a great time. 
uh, as she put it, like the worst thing that happened is she skipped going on a haunted house with me and just had a beer because uh, they will bad. literally they will bring the booze to you while you're waiting in line. Gosh, that's uh, awesome. It's yeah. The entire park closes and then reopens an hour later and, and select attractions are still open. And the entire park is now one giant haunted attraction. There are usually like six to eight different themed haunted houses um, that are set up in the, the old production studios and in certain parts of the park that aren't being used during the day. And then literally in the areas you walk through to get from house to house, they have haunted walkthroughs where they're all themed and all have like top notch costume and actors. Like, so literally there are scare zones you walk through to get to the haunted houses. It's amazing. That's and okay. Uh, now, and, as someone who wants to go and I don't mean to interrupt you, I'm sorry. Um, like on a scale of one to 10, because as much as I love scary, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get, uh, this is going to be the, uh, I'm going to get, uh, like deep, like right now. Uh, I'm going to get yeah. uh, very, uh, um, uh, I like scary movies, uh, when it comes to like live scary stuff, I'm a bit of a sissy. I'll admit it. Okay. On a scale of one to 10, like how scary are these, like these rides, like these attractions? They can be shit your pants scary. Oh my gosh. See like that, that, oh it, it depends entirely on circumstance, honestly. There, right. So the times we went, um, there's, there, the ones they do that are based on specific movies, like the one that sticks out is uh, the first year we were there, they had one that was based on Halloween. Right. Uh, and they had one that was based on uh, American Werewolf in London. Okay. I'm a huge fan of both those movies. So for me... My love of those movies and my, like, because you, you basically walk through scenes from those movies. Okay. I so, that. like, when we get to the little town that they go to uh, in, in American Wolf in London, like, they recreate the bar, like, down to the minute detail. And, and Movie John was like, oh, my God, this is awesome. <laughs> I was so distracted by that. I was like, oh, oh, yeah, werewolf. Oh, sorry. Yeah, scary, scary werewolf. Okay, but I'm going to go back to looking at the bar real quick. That's holy shit. Um, like, so I was distracted the whole thing. Uh, and the same way with the, the Halloween one for most of it because they recreate the Myers house. Oh, my gosh. Like, that's the awesome. Whole, the whole front of the ride is, or of the house looks like the Myers, the, the outside of the Myers house. And every so often, Michael would peer, you know, peep out the window at you, uh, which – I waited two hours in line to get in that house. It was worth every minute I had to wait for it. Um, but like, so the scenes where they were recreating stuff from the movies, like uh, the top of the stairwell, there's the boyfriend impaled to the wall. You walk into the bedroom and there's the Judith Myers headstone oh, on the bed, yeah. like all that stuff, like movie journals, like, Oh my God, that's awesome. And then there's some stuff towards the end that are just like, it's just there to scare you. Right. Like you walk through a room that is just filled with statues of Michael Myers, and some of them are real people. Okay, okay, so oh, that, all right, that got me. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay, yeah. someone's gonna be real in here. That scene scared me. Um, the biggest shit my pants moment was in the Alien versus Predator house. Oh wow! Again, I was very much in movie John. Oh, Look at all the toys and the and the, the props and the ah like I wanted to take pictures of everything and then we come around this corner and we're in a long hallway 
with like a red light being beamed at us and like a fan blade. So it's like swirly red light, lots of smoke. And, and Whitney's, she didn't have her glasses on cause she didn't want to lose them. So she can't, she's seen everything kind of blurry. So nothing's really scaring her. She's like, I just don't want to run into stuff. So I'm kind of leading her along. We're walking down this hallway and all of a sudden at the end of this hallway, a seven foot tall, fully decked out predator just steps into the end of the hallway. Oh shit. And I'm talking like movie quality, like not some crappy you know, person who bought a, a mask off the internet and thinks they're a predator at a convention, like right. full on legit predator. No, they spent universal money on it. Yeah. Uh, like that's I'm, a legit I'm, thing. I'm a little ashamed to admit my first reaction was to put Whitney in front of me. <laughs> Cause I was scared shitless. That's awesome. Like, I know it's a guy in a suit. I know that. Right. But, but no, at the time, with the atmosphere, like, it changes. I, like, I'm not seeing a dude, you know, at a convention center dressed up like the Predator. No. I'm in I'm in an, uh, a sci-fi research lab where I just ran from a xenomorph, and <laughs> there's a Predator at the end of the hall now. Like, my mind is already in that space. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, like, depending on your experience. And then we, okay. we did um, we did a, a Walking Dead house. And I was like two seasons behind on Walking Dead, so I didn't get anything I was supposed to be looking at. That's okay. And they were trying to cut down on lines, so it was literally just they were shoving people through as fast as they could. Um, so there were probably a lot of scares I missed because we were just like pushed through that thing. Well, um, you know, it's sucked. the Walking Dead, whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now I got some hate mail about that one. Hey, uh, yeah, they're going to really love that permanent Walking Dead thing they put it in California now. That's going to yeah. in. That's true. You know what? They should have rethought that after season two because season two sucked. <laughs> so they knew uh, a long time ago before they put that in there that, that yeah, it sucks. They can they can be legit scary. There was one where um, was an Alice in Wonderland thing, but the theme was Alice is a patient in an insane asylum, and all the characters are like uh, um, only in her head. So oh. it's like a, a twisted Wonderland kind of thing. And when you're going through, you know that uh, like uh, um, neon dayglow paint that you hit with like UV light, and it like glows in the dark. Oh yeah, yeah. It's that the whole thing is done in those colors, but uh, those. Glasses, the starlight uh, uh, tingle glasses, where you put them on, and like every light source has like a like a starlight glow around it, kind of thing. It was they called it uh, uh, Alice in 4D or something like that. But literally, you can't tell with that paint and that filter with the glasses. You can't tell what's physically there and what's just lines on a wall. So you're walking through the whole thing that way, like you literally do not know what is real. Like, oh, what is physically right there in front of me? Or what if is that just, like, a line on the wall six feet from me? Like, I can't tell. Um, my <laughs> There's a uh, scene where you're walking up a ramp. And it's just, like, a six-foot ramp at a slight incline. That's all there is. But you put that paint, and at the end of it, there's a rotating uh, um, light that has all that paint on it. So with the glasses on, literally, we're, like on our knees, grabbing the guardrail, like stumbling up this ramp, like, Oh my God, I'm, I'm going to fall off. With you just, you take your glasses off and you're like, Oh, well, we look like assholes right now. <laughs> Whoops. But it, it was amazing. Not necessarily scary, but like I'd never been on acid before, but I imagine that's what it's like. 
wink, wink, nudge, nudge. No, I'm just kidding. That's so that's creepy. Like that's and that's like super creative. Like that that's awesome. That's what I love about it, and that's what I pitch. If you're going, you have to go because if you, whether you love or hate haunted houses, if you're ever going to go to one, go to one that's put on by Universal Studios. Like they do theme park attractions for a living, they're putting on a haunted house. Like the the production value, you will not beat anywhere else. I'm I'm sad. Like I'm going through, and I, I went through like the the previous years to see the uh, the attractions and stuff. Like, uh, I'm sad that I missed out on the Friday the Thirteenth one, um, because and especially now that it's wrapped up in a legal battle. Like I'm sad that I'll never see a Friday the Thirteenth like special well, thing. Um, that falls under the theme park rights, so that yeah. might not be up for that. That I mean, that's. That may not necessarily be as, as tied up as we think it is. But, yeah, like this year alone they're doing Ghostbusters, Stranger Things, and Classic Universal Monsters. And I am not going. And it's kind of freaking me out. Yeah. And I was going to say, that's like the that's like the, the Obi-John lineup right there. It's the Obi-John Holy Trinity right there, yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's, and that's the other cool thing is, you know, if you love it and you go every year, there's new houses and new walkthrough areas every year. It also sucks if you don't get to go every year because every year there's something new and different, and that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to come back. Yeah, I mean, like, and uh, you left out, uh, and I don't know if you've seen because I didn't realize they were doing this this year either. Uh, Killer clowns from outer space, also. In the past, but I think it's 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 not the exact same. But yeah, still, that I would love to. I didn't get to go that's on that awesome. the first time. So. Right. That's super cool. They did one that was uh, the thing. Yeah. I would have killed to do that. So anyway, if you can't tell, uh, our second topic, because I don't know if we actually announced it, these are uh, properties we want to see at Halloween Horror Nights. Yeah, because the, there are, you know, we're we're big on uh, we're big on scary, scurry stuff, horror movies. We've gotten uh, Obi John into it uh, more and more into uh, horror. Hardcore converted. I have a Shutter subscription. I love that. I love that so much. Uh, and just because I job off anymore. I've got I've got a few. I've got one that's kind of a joke, but then I, the more I started to think about it, like that's how a lot of my stuff starts. Is like I'm like, oh, that would be really <laughs> funny, uh, just to pitch as kind of a joke, and then I start to flesh it out, and I'm like, shit, no, that would be really cool. Like that would actually be really fun. Um, but yeah, it, it, we're uh, we're coming up with with properties that we think uh, would be great. Halloween Horror Night properties to use to make the the houses on. Um, I'll, I can give you my uh, my joke that turned real first, if you'd like. All right. So imagine, if you will, if you will, uh, that you you go from your scare zone, you go from your in between place, and uh, your safe haven is a fence, a nice white picket fence. That has a sign. You just barely make it out that says, Welcome to the town of Nilbog. <gasps> and you go in, and it is a recreation of the town of Nilbog from everybody's favorite, Troll 2. Nilbog? That's goblin spelled backwards. Holy balls, you're right. Um... If you want to add that extra touch, uh, you can hire somebody who signed themselves out of a mental institution to play a character. Um, 
if you want. But uh, basically, you know, it, everything starts out normal, and there are people who are portraying uh, members of the town who see you as an outsider. And uh, you do green ice cream. Oh gosh, yeah! Like imagine all the green like food items you could have. Yeah, uh, because when you're waiting in line for that, when you get green beer. Um, you have your Nilbog milk, uh, white <laughs> Russian. <laughs> it would be perfect. It's, it's just campy enough that it would be really fun. But then at the same time, like you could do enough stuff to make it like a true kind of scary, um, like kind of creepy, unsettling ah. kind of attraction. So that would be pretty Nothing awesome. Nothing else. It would be a great tension reliever while you're walking to the next one. Right. Yeah. Oh, gosh. It would be great. And so it started out and I was like, eh, that, that'll be funny. I'll pitch that one and then it'll make everybody laugh. And then I'm like, oh, shit. But then you could do that and you could do that. And then you could like you think that the safe place to go is into the store and you go into the store and there's nobody there. But then the creepy guy comes from the back and you're like, oh, shit, I haven't gotten out yet. Oh, man. Like there's just so many cool moments that you could do that would be really, really fun. Going too far to have a kid standing on a table because on hospitality. Ha! No, that would be perfect. Kid, you as long as that kid just remembers his lines. It's fine, he's fine. There's for some reason that's the only section where there's just like weird flies around. Like it's weird. Like I don't know. It's it's just odd. But uh, yeah, that one that would be awesome. That's kind of like my uh my joke that turned real, um, because that's just how my brain works, I guess. Be awesome. It would be. Um, so my first one was also a, a walkthrough area, not a, a full-on house. You could do it as a house, um, but I think it would be maybe more interesting as a walkthrough. Um, you may not be able to do the walkthrough I want because of you know like handicap accessibility stuff, but you'd have to build it on a raised platform because. This would be sort of an adult game of the Florida's hot lava. Only in this, it's don't walk on the sand. There are graboids. Ooh, yes! Members, bring it to Halloween Horror Nights if it's a walkthrough. So you step up onto like a platform and it runs the length of the sidewalk, and you have to step on like vaulting from rock to rock, and every every now and then. Graboid pops up, like a puppeteered graboid pops up out of the uh, oh, that would like be the loose sand. Awesome! Like comes at you. Uh, or if you do it as a house, obviously, um, recreating the scenes from the first movie, uh, God, recreate the freaking Burt Gummer uh, uh, broken to the wrong goddamn rec room scene. Because uh, then you could go all out with like your animatronics, which they do. Like uh, the American Werewolf in London house, all the werewolves were animatronic. There were no, like, guys in suits. Uh, the Alien versus Predator, all the xenomorphs were animatronic xenomorphs. Uh, so they do go all out with this stuff. So, like, a full-on animatronic Graboid, that'd be badass if you do it as a house. But uh, that 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 franchise is such a beloved cult hit. And I'm pretty sure Universal was the distributor, so, like, they already own the rights. So get with the times, Universal. Tremors, make it happen. Yeah, that just makes sense. Like, that would be really, really good. That's fun, too. Like, that would be fun. Uh, I'm not going to... Uh, 
I'm not going to pick the low hanging fruit and say um, it uh, because I know that's like that's really hot right now and that's totally coming at some point. Yeah, like I know that that one's coming, uh, but. I'm going to pick another hot property that's coming soon, and uh, it's it would be a uh, a full on house, and uh, every room or floor or whatever you could do something different, because uh, what better time to strike with uh, scary stories to tell in the dark? Ooh yeah, where you could feature like a bunch of different stories, and then even when you get outside, there's the scarecrow outside, like. It's literally the perfect, like, mishmash of, like, all of your horror hits. Uh, I mean, you've got stories for everything, really. And you could you could make totally different themes for everything. And um, it would be awesome. You could take, like, the highlights of the books, all three books, and basically turn them into rooms or floors or whatever. Uh, however you wanted to divide it up, uh, even so much as going, you know, outside when you think you're done and you're outside and you're like, Oh, thank goodness that's over. And then you realize you're in a cornfield or you're in like the wheat field or whatever. And then there's like, just like you just look over and you see the Harold, the scarecrow just like hanging out and you're just like, well, shit, we're not done yet. Shit pickle. We're not done. That'd be awesome. So yeah, scary story. So it's like it's hot because the movie's hopefully not going to bomb, and uh, it would be perfect. So that'd be awesome. I love that idea. And then I've, um, I've got one more, and it's a turd. But I'll, uh, it's not really a turd, but it's like it's going to be underwhelming. But that's okay. So oh, I've got two. All right. Um, the problem with this one would be the practicality of it. Um, To do like a premium charge for it, and there would be super limited capacity because of time constraints and whatnot. But, um, came out recently. Still haven't seen it yet. It's on my list. Uh, but I heard good things about it. Escape Room. Oh, yeah. Of Horror Nights started doing it again. There'd be a premium charge, like upcharge to do it, and you'd have limited capacity because, you know, if it takes an hour or whatever, there's only so many people per hour you can do them. Right. Whatever. What if Halloween Horror Nights started doing escape rooms based on the movie Escape Room? Ooh, that'd be uh, or good. Or just escape rooms in general. Yeah. Uh, I feel like that would be awesome because those are super fun. You could make them horror-themed. Um, and, like, everyone walks away with a cool experience at the end. So, but again, practicality, I'm not entirely sure how you do that. Um, but just you, the production value of a Universal Studios attraction going into an escape room would be awesome. Yeah, that would be well. Yeah, because you know that they would put the money and the time to make it like really, really kick ass. Oh, that'd be great. Last one, I'll get out of the way because it's yeah. super low hanging fruit. And if you know me, you know this is coming. <laughs> so they are doing a classic Universal Monsters house this year. Uh, I don't know what all the creatures or uh, monsters it features. I'm just going to go on a limited guess. My boy, the creature, probably not going to get a whole lot of screen time there. The Black Lagoon. Yeah. Do it. Uh, you could incorporate water into it however you wanted to, uh, which, you know, when it's a hot, steamy night in Florida, it can be fun. Um, just fun with some gill, man, you know? Yeah. 
movies or you're just walking through a creepy Amazon jungle and being stalked by the monster, however you want to, you know, do that, um, just do it. Well, how cool would it be if it was like, you know, you got to go on one of those, like, the like, like a raft, and you go out and you're, you're on an expedition for, like, uh, they say, oh, we found this claw, and we're looking for the thing, and then you see the creature, like, oh, my gosh, like, there's so many cool opportunities. Freaking Gill Man. Hell yeah. Look up uh, Bob Burns' basement. Uh, he's the uh, movie and horror fan out in California whose huh. house is now a museum. Uh, but for years, he used to do a little haunted show for like the neighborhood kids. Um, and got to the point where like the neighborhood kids grew up and became movie effects people. Uh, but they did a creature from the Black Lagoon, but they literally turned his backyard into the cave of the lagoon. Oh, that's awesome. And had a guy in a creature suit come up and, like, scare the kids. Yeah, because, see, that would... Can... Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. So if he can do that in his backyard... Oh, yeah. Zero budget. Come on, Universal. I mean, I'm just saying, like, if I get into a ride and it's like, you know it's a creature ride, and it, like, the halfway point is where your raft comes to a stop and it's right in front of the cave opening, I'm like, Shh, I really don't want to go in there, but I do. Like, I, I want to go in there, but I don't. Like... <laughs> Because I know what's in there. It's creep. Yeah, like, oh, gosh, that'd be so cool. My last one, my, because, again, you it's me. So yeah, it's coming. Well, yeah. um, uh, for my last one, it's a, they, they absolutely, totally missed the window on it. It would make no sense to do it now. But at the time, it would have been awesome if you go back to your Wayback Machine to uh, 2014, even 2015, if you had to wait. Uh, imagine, if you will, a, uh, a, the, the house constructed. Uh, you could even feature, because I'm sure uh, it was 2014, so I don't think he was doing a lot with them at the time, you probably could have got him for a month or so. Uh, you wouldn't know it at the time, but at that time he would have been a future uh, U.S. politician because you could actually probably get the guy that played the actor. Uh, a build the house to look like the uh, the morgue from See No Evil 2. Ooh. The, uh, the good See No Evil. Uh, yeah, here, here. Uh, where, you know, it, the, the isolation feature, uh, or feeling where you're trapped inside of the, the like the, the locked in morgue, um, you know, you start out and like you're in the room where there's, you know, a birthday cake and all that stuff and you kind of make your way out, but oh man, um, old Jacob Goodnight is out there and, uh, he's coming to get you. The... The claustrophobic feel, I think, would be really cool. Uh, it's it's one of those that, you know, they could get the rights for a ham sandwich and five bucks. Like, <laughs> no one, no one is, I think it's a Lionsgate movie. Like, they're not going to charge a ton for the licensing for See No Evil. Like, who cares? Um, especially now, like, the franchise is, is dead. So, I mean, you could pick up the rights, like the theme park rights for pennies on the dollar. But it's one of those where it's like it's just unique enough that you wouldn't have to do like Halloween two inside the hospital. Like it would be 
that kind of feeling, but it would be a different character and it wouldn't just be another Halloween feature. It would be, you know, a different property, but kind of the same thing. And then you could swap it out for uh Halloween two later. Um, see, <laughs> see, look, I'm saving them money is basically what I'm doing. But um, yeah, I, I feel like uh evil two was, was underrated and, you know, as we like to say, better than it had any right to be. But, um, you know, you could make a really cool attraction out of it. And I think in 2014, yeah, I think in 2014, Kane wasn't doing much uh, in WWE. So he could have probably gotten away for a month or so. And like actually been Jacob Goodnight, which would have been even cooler. Um, if you don't want to get just like a big hulking guy to play him, like you could actually have probably have gotten him and it would have been fun. Um, honorable mention that I had was uh, working in something with Leprechaun. <laughs> uh, because they did one year, they did a child's play um, and it was like Chucky and friends, which I mean, I didn't really think he had any friends being a murderous doll, but I guess what do I know? Uh, but, uh, yeah, Leprechaun would be kind of cool. Uh, I didn't really flesh out an idea with it, uh, but I thought that would be kind of fun. Um, but yeah, those were my big ones. It's awesome. Yeah. I think, uh, man, we, we crushed it with this one. I mean, I'm not trying to pat ourselves on the back, but we did a pretty darn good job. <laughs> uh, well, that's, that's part of the fun is uh, every year there's new houses, and there's always a mix of stuff that's based on IPs and stuff that they come up with on their own. Um, one of the coolest parts in past years was they had, uh, as a walkthrough zone, but it was one of the challenges on the show Face Off, which is oh the- yeah. Movie makeup competition show, which if you, if, if you love movie monsters and you aren't watching that show, you need to be. Um, but it was one of the challenges that year was to do a, a creature, and then those makeups were used for that walkthrough area. And uh, <laughs> that's one of the first places I lost Whitney. She was <laughs> walking up to people, like she was just like enamored with the makeup, right? And like walking up to people and be like, oh my god, that is amazing. And they were like in their act, like in character, yeah, like. They're trying to be polite, but she's like, she's not scared at all. She's yeah. just like, no, no, I want to see, oh my God, turn your head. Wow. Like it was, it was when I was like, yep, that's my wife. You're breaking the illusion. They did one the year after. I think that was like, um, like messed up fairy tales. Oh, cool. Beauty and the beast. But like beast was all beat up and stuff. And then yeah. he was being chased by bell who had like a giant blunderbuss. <laughs> Like she was a big game hunter. Uh, yeah, right. it was awesome. That's, that's, that's uh, pretty wild. All right. Yeah, it's pretty cool. That's awesome. Uh, gosh, no, like there's like, and that's that's the, the the great part about theme parks and you know attractions like that is they they are literally limit like the technology and the the um, effects stuff and all that stuff. It's literally only limited by your imagination. And I love that. Being said, I definitely think there'll be an it house in the next couple. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, 
if if they can get enough people to sit through the two hour and forty five minute runtime, uh, I'm not letting that go. Um, just kidding. Um, you know, it, it'll make a ton of money, and it that will be the next. Uh, um, and they might even do something like if they wanted it to be a little bit bigger, they might do like Castle Rock and um, or like, you know, the the world of Stephen King and be able to incorporate a bunch of stuff. Because uh, at some point you're going to see at uh, Halloween Horror Nights, you're going to see the maximum overdrive Green Goblin truck. Uh, mark my words. <laughs> you're going to get that truck. It's going to happen. And uh, when you get to the front of the, the park and you use the ATM, it's going to call you an asshole. Because that's what happens at Maximum Overdrive. Oh, it got real quiet. Right. Okay, there you are. Okay. Fell down a rabbit hole. No, no, it happens. No, it's, it's all good. Um so no, I think that uh, I think that puts a pin in uh, in our first episode of park hopping with Captain Chris and yeah. Obi John. Um, so uh, we'll um, we'll say it like this. Uh, you know, normally we uh, with the with our other show we have a uh, a closing theme song and all that stuff. But uh, all we'll say for this is um, you know make sure to secure your lap bars, uh, keep your hands and feet inside the podcast at all times and most importantly i think more than anything else enjoy the ride clutch your belongings and <laughs> exit the ride vehicle uh, oh yeah because this podcast will steal your hat and sunglasses where as always of hitchhiking ghosts oh.